Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Whoa, 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 whoa. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gathered around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture what we like to read and who we like to read food for thought just kidding this week we're getting into the first episode of season four of scream queen a podcast that me tommy teaves does with drea washington so get into this preview and see you next week thoughties <laughs> Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. From people not typically depicted in scary movies. Drea, we're back. Season four, we're in the studio. It's been a really long time. The last time we were in the studio was literally right before coronavirus. Do you the, remember that? The day before. Yeah. And we were talking about like, oh, we'll sanitize with uh, white claws and shit. <laughs> that came back to bite us in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I still support white claws. <laughs> <laughs> that is your the only support of white power. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're back in the studio. We're reintroducing our show with three segments that we had in the initial in the first two seasons. Um, we've got some new segments for y'all, like uh, "Damn Bitch," where we talk about uh, particularly gruesome kills in iconic kills in scary movies we've got segments like bitch that's your part where we look at an iconic final girl and we recast her as a person of color um we've got a segment called uh what was the other one um i think those are the main the new the newest two but we're still in the process we got yeah, we, we got one you, or two we're more we're coming out with more you know we, we, we're taking Don't ideas all the time taking ideas like i take loads all the time ha! tmi but <laughs> <laughs> so uh today we're getting into tommy's uh new pick it's called damn bitch and he picked Miss Christy Angus as Adrian and Jason 10. One of the most iconic kills of all time. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, do you want to get into this? Tommy? Yes. All right. So I thought about doing this sequence, damn bitch, whenever we clock anybody who dies in an iconic way, because there are so many cool kills in scary movies that we might never even get to because we might not want to even talk about that movie. And Jason X is one of them because Jason X is a mess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was at a time in the Jason uh, saga and, uh, and the, uh, uh, where they were like, what do we do now? We've taken Jason to Manhattan. We've taken Jason to hell. Where else could we take him? Space. And uh, Drea and I were recently interviewed by the um, Queer for Fear documentary that will be coming out on Shudder later. And they liked to articulate in the early 2000s, sort of around 9-11, there was this sort of F-150-ing, this broification of horror. And I feel like Jason X was right at the boundary of that. It was like right before that whole broification happened. So this was the kind of last campy Jason we got. Mm -hmm. And 
it also leaned more into the supernatural uh, the, his supernatural origins. Correct me if I'm wrong, but initially, like in the beginning, the government wanted to capture him to try to synthesize some medicine from his body or some shit. They thought his his cells processed in a way that would, could create, you know, like you could live forever or or like regenerate body parts and shit like that. Yeah, so they wanted to turn him into some snail cream or some shit. Yeah. And um, he ended up getting a suspended animation. He went into space. And he, so it's sort of like Star Wars meets Kill Whores. You know what I mean? Yes, you see, you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Adrian is a scientist in a crop top. <laughs> she, she got gloves on in a crop top. <laughs> in a crop top. <laughs> and she's analyzing some cells of some shit and Jason is lying prostrate on a table. Ostensibly, he's frozen, but we know he ain't. And every time he kind of moves, she does that thing where she's like, <gasps> turns around mm-hmm. and nothing's there. <gasps> turns around. Nothing's there. What could it be? <gasps> turns around. Then he's choking a bitch out. Like there's like a brief struggle before he implants her face into some liquid nitrogen freezes her face and only her face solid in a very short period of time <laughs> and then smashes her face on a cold metal table so you just see like red chunks flying everywhere and it's violent it is really really violent like, like it was done like kind of too well it's very it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah and i i think i was 15 when i first saw that kill and i was just like that 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 was very violent <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, you know, you're used to, at this point, people being impaled in various ways by machetes. You know what I mean? Like, every now and then you'll get a hatchet to the face. For whatever reason, like, in horror movies, like, face kills are so much more visceral to me. Anything to, like, when you're up close and personal with somebody. Yeah, that's... Like, again, like, it's either, like, sometimes, like, you know, homegirl in Scream 4 when she caught the the knife through her hand. Mm -hmm. Like, through hands and through eyes are the ones that really get me. But, like, full face, and we'll get into this later with our main topic discussion, but, like, full face kills, they just do something to me. We're like, that is, because it's isolated on the face. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Ma, this makes me money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I noticed that Jason seems to be somewhat of a scientist, because he knew exactly (laughs) where to put her head at and what would happen. (laughs) If he did that with her head. I guess we never knew this. Jason Voorhees in a previous life went to medical school. And I think he would be (laughs) pro-vaccine. Get the jab, okay? Get it. (laughs) So, Christy Angus, you're going down as our first damn Damn, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dre, do you want to get into our main topic discussion? Yes, let's do this. It's uh, Fear Street, mm-hmm. 1994, 1978, and 1666. Ooh, you see what they did there? I, You know, I would have liked it if it was 1669, but that's just me. So. I know. I know. They really missed that <laughs> They took it out for there. a horny bitch, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy. These shits were good. Very. I, so... Fear, the Fear Street trilogy came out on Netflix, kind of piecemeal. I watched them as they came out, like the day they came out, each one, um, not knowing how interconnected they would end up being. And then recently went through and watched them all at once. And it's a pretty solid trilogy. Yeah. I think you have reservations about the first one. Ha- had. Had. Yeah. It, but like, bes- aside no, I, from its being yeah. kind of derivative um, of some kills that we have 
definitely seen. I also think it went in a direction that was unexpected, refreshing, and neutered the patriarchy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, yeah. Well, you know what? You're right. There are there, my reservations that I I will maintain about this film. Mm-hmm. The opening mm-hmm. that was not an homage. Mm-hmm. That was a straight up scream ripoff. Like, I was so confused. They killed that lady the same exact way they killed Drew Barrymore. So many things were exactly the same mm-hmm. about this, that whole opening sequence. There was too much going on that was too similar. That is Ethan Hawke and uh, Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot about that. Um, and she, she got dead real good. <laughs> <laughs> Vocab. Vocabulary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank what you, did you... you? Okay, so... I, I didn't read anything about this. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't listen to any podcasts. So I came into the Fear Street trilogy mm-hmm. completely um, uh, dumb. What were you, th- as you started watching it, what were you expecting? And did, were those expectations um, surmounted, perverted, put off? Like what happened to you as you were watching it? My expectations were were met mm-hmm. and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was super duper impressed with this film. Like the practical effects, mm-hmm. the the storyline, the fact that it actually really does cohesively tie together. I, I mean, all you don't have to watch all three parts, but when you do, it um to, to you don't have to watch all three parts to understand the value of each individual film. Mm-hmm. But when you watch them interconnected, it it really does. It's a whole viewing experience. It changes it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they nailed all the the tropes that all, all our classic horror films that we grew up loving. They got all that campiness like literally down. And um, not literally down. That sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> I like, want to be down. I want to be down. <laughs> uh, they got all that shit down. Um Yeah. Uh, and I, there was one thing I read out there. I Again, I try to avoid reviews and shit like that um as much as i can and they talked about like being it was exploitative toward teenagers but that was the fucking point (laughs) that was intentional what does that even mean they're saying like that they sexualized teeny teenagers oh my god have you seen american cinema Uh, at in general at all exactly I mean, Eh. horny kids at sleepaway camp get it in. Mm -hmm. We have been knowing this since at least first Friday the 13th, if not the burning and before. Mm -hmm. So come on now. I will say I was disappointed that nobody hot had sex. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't turned on by any of the men in any of these movies. I I can't think of a single one where I was like, "Mm, mm, mm, not mm." that sheriff, not nobody. (laughs) No. Wait, not even your doppelganger, Tommy? (laughs) (laughs) bitch (laughs) that murderous son of a bitch no here's what i will say okay let's go through 94 because i did like it but i was perturbed by the fact that the two friends lived so long i thought they were going to survive yeah and well and if it had ended that that was the main thing that i had my reservations about with it as a whole with the per- first with with part two and three, it works for me. Mm-hmm. That death. Well, I will say what is Those notable deaths. about this film or this trilogy is that the the screen queen, the final girl, is a lesbian. 
Yeah. And we've never seen this before. We've never seen a lesbian horror, a lesbian woman helm, or I don't know how the actress actually identifies, but in, in terms of the character, a lesbian helm, a trilogy, a horror trilogy. And like Latina. This. And Latina. And it was really refreshing to see that the roots of the Seraphir curse which they always said it was the witch of Seraphir. She was the one who put this curse in motion, but it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. It was man. It mm-hmm. was a man. It was dirty, grubby men who resented her lesbian relationship in 1666. Mm-hmm. Could have been 1669 if you ask me, but it was 1666. <laughs> and that, like, that, that really you see how the suppression of women and of uh, different sexualities, how, how that crimination, like, um, you can't suppress it. It just comes up in different ways and it can come up in, you know, cause it's like, you, we've been oppressed, but we've always been here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so some things like the protests that happen or laws that like that, they seem like, I don't know that they bubbled up from, they bubble up from somewhere very particular. They bubble up because we have been, um, oppressed and suppressed and silenced for so long that it's like, once you get a platform and a microphone, bitch, I'm going to yell. And I feel like that's kind of what this was saying, that like Sarah Fear had been her her memory had been maligned for so long that she had been seen as a witch and somebody who was cursing the town when all she ever wanted was to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, um, iconic kill. 1994, the friend, the cheerleader friend who gets what was that? What was that? Was that a sandwich machine? What was it was it? a bread slicer. Oh, yeah. Talk about a face kill. Oh my god! Oof. <clears throat> yeah, talking about getting hit. That <laughs> that one sticks with me. That it was because it, again, it happens at the end mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. but it's part of a trilogy. So when I when you look at it, it's just one film, mm-hmm. it's completely out of like left field, mm-hmm. and and normally you would not do that. Have these friends make it all the way to the very end like that. Because they had almost died several times. Uh huh. Like at those at the times when they were almost died, that was like the beat that they would have died in a normal and ninety yes, minute scary. They movie. wouldn't die fifteen minutes, twenty minutes in, you mm-hmm. know. But to kill them like that, it really it it fucks with you. It fucks with me. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, these these are the homies. Like they're yeah. gonna ride, and they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. Um. Um. One other reservation I had just. Just a quick one that they slipped in there that was not okay. There is a scene uh, where homegirl is babysitting these two twin black girls, mm. and she has them divide up these pills for drugs <laughs> as fucking Snoop Dogg or something's playing in the background. And she's like, yeah, just, oh, don't take that because, you know, it'll fuck you up. But she basically makes these little black girls drug dealers. <laughs> and I just, and then they don't make any acknowledge, acknowledgement towards it. I'm just like, uh, I caught that shit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was not okay. That was, yes, that was a misstep, babysitter. Uh, big, big, big misstep. I, I mean, director or whoever wrote that into mm-hmm, the script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you feel about the 70s one, the camp is I really liked it. Yeah. I thought that is an homage. That is how you do that. Um, yeah, the way that they showed like the shape, the uh, what do you see, the Nightwing killer or mm-hmm. whatever that. Yeah, the the way he's the origin of his character, the way it all comes to be is it's really fucking cool. And we get to see the lair mm-hmm. a little bit. Why did that short haired girl touch that goo? 
I don't get it. She was she was drawn to it. That's the only way I can explain it. <clears throat> but the way they they show it is just like ooh goo. Let me put my hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another brutal injury. Another like this isn't a kill, but a brutal injury that always gets me is when somebody falls on their ankle and their bone pops out. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, and of course she's she's running around screaming, not helping the situation, and then she breaks her goddamn ankle. Mm-mm. And then she her big butt breaks the buck the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we find out that the layer of seraphir, a part of it is above the outhouse of the camp, and so you could put a bucket down the toilet and grab some people. <laughs> <laughs> Here is a glaring inconsistency, and I made you go back and forth when we was at your apartment She's to watch this. In the yeah, she's just up in there, but I know what you're going to say. So the redheaded stepchild, the main character of the of the uh, camp version of Fear Street, yes. um, is a much maligned, you know, girl. She's uh, from the Stranger Things um, mm-hmm. trilogy. And her, she has like her main uh, enemy in one of the popular girls, dark haired popular girl, dark haired popular girl and her come to blows in the outhouse. Redheaded stepchild knocks her out. And then we never see her again. She, she doesn't just, even get killed. Yeah, well, you know, they. I don't know why they say everybody died at that camp because not everybody died. Mm-mm. A and lot so, of them got away on that I, school you, bus. You see where she is. She's just knocked out in the back. That, and that's all. And they just leave her in that stall. But I was like, she's such a bitch. Why didn't they we kill didn't her? We didn't get any redemption. Well, we, we did. They, they locked her in the outhouse for a while and they put all those bugs on her and she completely... I mean, that was supposed to be enough, technically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For her burning her and tying her to a fucking tree. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't get it. I well, whatever. I don't. I, I don't get go, girl rules, but I just did not get her extreme vitriol. Was she just like jealous of that red hair? I don't know. She does have some nice hair. It's very she nice. She has some. It's brushed. Quaff. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So my main. I liked. I liked the the camp um, version of this. I was satisfied. I guess with the. Oh, but they kept killing babies. Oh, they, they killed so many children. The, the three kids with no lantern killed. <laughs> the the, with the, the kid with glasses oh, killed. Oh, God. Poor that little boy. That was really mean. I mean, at least but they didn't what... show it on screen. But, like, you saw the ma- and like, you saw people discover the dead kids. And I yeah. was like, this is a bold choice for a well, young adult novel turned into a film. <laughs> I mean, they fucking went for it. They I, really did. I mean, but the, I mean, it's Fear Street, so it's they're allowed to kind of go that far. It's not Goosebumps. Right, cuz you know? Fear Street was like the if you if you were kind of bored with Goosebumps, you did the Fear Street or the Christopher Pike bullshit, mm-hmm. right? And this was like a little bit more like, cuz in I mean, Goosebumps nobody really dies. Like, very rarely. I mean, the kids get yeah. scared, but they never really die. But Fear Street, you were like, oh, I'm going to read somebody die. Yeah, yeah. There's a, It's like ghost cheerleaders and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sp- spooky. Christopher Pike and the Midnight Club and all that bullshit. Midnight Club. What I didn't like about the second movie. Mm-hmm. It, <sighs> Homeboy does CPR to save the redheaded stepchild. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if she had maybe been drowned and submerged you could do CPR she was stabbed in the chest by that I think he he said a spell to her I think that's why she survived Uh, that's I'm pretty sure that's what happened I think in the third film they show that he says some kind of something to her 
when she is dying. Oh. That, there's no way like CPR. Chest could. compressions don't work on stab wounds. No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't work. I, I ain't no doctor. But. <laughs> I ain't got no degrees, but I can tell you chest compressions do not work on stab wounds. Yeah, I mean, and that that whole knife attack in the field with her and her sister. Oh, that was brutal. So crazy. That was brutal. Beautiful and brutal. Yes, brutal. I just made up a new word. To, Oof. Best way to describe that. That was that shit was uh Oh, and then homegirl who broke her ankle, she got stabbed in the back. That or no, no, she got stabbed in the front after she she had her back turned. What I what I liked about that, because like I loved so 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 short haired girl with a broken ankle was immediately or, or initially at odds with redhead stepchild's big sister. Mm-hmm. And but they, it turns out they had been friends when they were children. That they had become estranged because redhead stepchild sister was like a perfectionist and all this kind of stuff. But I like the fact that they redeemed their friendship during the course of the film and they came together at the end, even though they both ended up dead. But I liked that that character development for them. I liked that they rekindled their friendship. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, and then it was really shitty when it just. It, I mean, but nobody was safe, and yeah. and at least that was pretty clear. Like nobody's gonna make it out of this alive. The and that's part. the thing. That's the thing about um, that that sort of I don't know what kind of irony it is, like dramatic or otherwise. But it's like the one where going into it, we knew no one was going to live mm-hmm. because that's the way that. Oh, what's her name from Community? Whoever the actress was, like, yeah, she, I forget her name. But, but she name. was she was um, she told the story to these kids, and she was like, "Yeah, this is nobody left. My sister's died. My sister died." So we Jillian already, Jacobs, Jillian Jacobs. Yeah, so we knew we knew that everyone's going to die. How did you feel about 1666? Uh, I I thought I wasn't going to like it, mm-hmm. but and I was like, oh, straight up, this is the witch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but minus homegirl's accent. <laughs> oh, that was interesting. <laughs> you didn't have to go there. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I could. I mean, yeah. It was there, so it I was, said it. She, it came out of her mouth and into my ears. So. Minus, I, I was able to get past that because the story was that interesting. Mm-hmm. I completely, like, I forgot that her accent wasn't that amazing. Mm-hmm. Or, or, like, that some of it didn't even quite make sense. You know, like her brother being there and mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. his accent. It was just, it didn't matter because it was, again, the story was strong enough. It was like Bridgerton comes to Fear Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I over, I liked that. I I also liked that it, it halfway through it splits into something else and then we're, mm-hmm. we're back mm-hmm. to 94, which is really cool. How did you feel about how they did... Again, this is this trilogy is really comfortable killing children. Oh, uh, the so you talk about <laughs> yeah, the, the church when, when they get to the church and yeah. all them kids' eyes got scooped out or whatever. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, I mean the the serial the killer montage that they go through. There's um there's like Billy uh, Baker or Billy Barker who killed his brothers in their sleep with the bat, and then there's the milkman who went crazy and he sliced uh some housewives to death and um. Yeah, and then they go through that that priest who lost his mind, mm-hmm. and then gouge his eyes out, and everybody, all the kids' eyes out. It's it's really the the visuals are really really intense. Anytime I see a period piece set in the 1600s, like you said, The Witch or something like that, or mm-hmm. The Crucible, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for everyone to turn on the women. Exactly. I was like, when okay, when's this gonna happen? When when are we stringing up witches? Yeah. <laughs> when are they gonna blame this on a bitch? Like it's mm-hmm. net. It's always coming. I feel like that's the threat of 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 movies set at that period because 
you know, whether it's like a metaphor for McCarthyism or whatever, it's still like female power is seen as abhorrent and needing to be curtailed and like needing to be like um, snuffed out. Right. Mm hmm. And it wasn't just in 1666. What you see is that uh, in every era, there that type of suppression exists. It doesn't. And she, the redhead girls getting persecuted in 78, and then you've got homegirls who can't be, live and be together and exist from Shady Side to Sunnyvale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like it never goes away in some way, shape, or form. That was a little bit Riverdale to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the South Side and the North Side, or whatever. Like yeah. There was I, like... Well, there's. I'm trying to. Th- there's a few other references but yeah it's Riverdale sure and I I got that like 94 because I remember 94 (laughs) um it 94 was shot and depicted in a way that was a little bit nostalgic but very current like um it reminded me of this the bathroom scene in Booksmart or movies like that, where it's they, they take place, con- they're contemporary, all gender restrooms, like very progressive, like da 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 da. And I felt like '94 was shot and conceived of that way, but it wasn't actually 1994 because, like, I remember '94. That shit was homophobic as fuck. Like, you would, they would, you would be in men and women's in the same restroom. Like, uh-uh. that wouldn't happen like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's cute. They're taking liberty with certain things. Did you suspect? Because I started to suspect after the first two movies. That that cop was into some shady shit. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, you... there was there was things that they uh, alluded to from the very first film. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I was always looking at him. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I had no. I didn't know what it was going to be. But yeah, he looked suspect. He was sus. Mm-hmm. I did you suspect the twist that it was him and his line that were the focus of the the magic and all that kind of stuff. I I, I saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean not. Yeah, I I predicted it n- not like long before, but I it, it all added up, and I was like, I think I know where this is kind of headed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised that Sarah Fear was, it, you know, she wasn't behind it all. It was it was that motherfucker. How did you feel about <laughs> like this sort of post racial sixteen sixty six? Again, that's what I'm saying. Her brother being there, and I'm just like, what is happening? That y'all are just take, just being off kind of willy nilly with you it. Know, it's so <laughs> mixed ish. Like it was like, okay, so you're gonna pepper in some people of color in this every now and then. Like <laughs> we're not going to address slavery, but we can have a couple brown faces in this, I guess. Yeah, we'll address homophobia, but mm-hmm. not slavery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> An interesting American legacy, <laughs> to say the least. Uh. Um, were, how did you feel about, so in in sort of the middle to three quarters through 1666, we get back into 1994 Mm -hmm. with Gillian Jacobs or whoever, and like the rest of the cast, the main people, how did you feel about its ending and coming back into the quote unquote present? Like, how do you feel like that was dealt with? Great. Yeah. Yeah, It all worked. Everything was encapsulated quite well. I, again, I'm really like, I was surprised at how good these films were and, um, it just means that there's more good shit on the way. The the practical effects, I can't get over like how there was a really good balance between that and whatever, you know, special effects they threw up in there. Mm-hmm. Like it never, it was never too overdone with the special effects. What I get, so I'm, I'm working on a show right now and they're talking, I'm in like props meetings and they like to do practical effects when it comes to like puncturing wounds, mm-hmm. but they don't like to do 
practical blood because it's harder to reset. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes what you'll see is the puncture is practical, but the blood is VFX. Mm -hmm. Because like it just takes too long to clean up when you have to do another take. Yeah. And I, was, and I understand that. Yeah, they, they used a mix because um, they're – I think mostly that was all practical blood. Mm -hmm. Like I think for the most part. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's messy. Yeah, it's super fucking. And like John Wick, one of like not to get too off track, but like they were able to get away with a certain rating because of how they shot. You know, pe people were getting taken out, but the blood didn't. It looked like a video game. It didn't look like. Oh, that's like Black Christmas. Remember, because that was PG thirteen. Mm -hmm. They had that. They had the whole mystical thing, and that the blood was black. Yeah. So they could get away with PG thirteen. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, if you make the blood look fake, if it, you know, <clears throat> the way it splatters and all that, then it just it takes you out of yeah. the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's it's a, there there are ways to do it though. I have seen it done very well. How do you think the Fear Street trilogy stacks up against other contemporary horror films that, um indict the patriarchy and i'm thinking specifically about the new craft movie and the new black christmas well this film these films succeeded where those films failed absolutely yeah yeah well it all, like i think the the indictment of the patriarchy didn't feel as shoehorned in as like the craft and and black christmas kind of felt i always felt like that like that's what they were going for mm -hmm. in this one i got fun story cool characters awesome kills and then that it wasn't like like it wasn't it didn't feel um it didn't feel preachy it didn't feel like it was an afterthought it felt deeply ingrained into the premise of the film without mm -hmm. having to come out every five minutes and be like message you know yeah exactly um and you, again you didn't even know it was going in that direction until way later into the films so yeah, I. It's unfortunate what happened with those other two films. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm glad they exist, and yeah. you know, and I and it just means that they can try it again if they want to, or make something new. Yeah. You know, like this, make something different. You not, don't have not to everything has it. to be IP. We don't have to do a remake or a no. reboot. That's right. again what I really, really appreciated about this is that it was something new. Yeah, but it's calling back. It's there's nothing wrong with being like. You can't be completely original. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just impossible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in certain genres, especially like in this horror genre, like to be completely original, like, no, you're pulling from things that you're inspired by other people. That is what brought you into this, this whole genre to begin with. So yeah, like you have to uh, pay, pay due or recognize uh those that came before you. Right. And there's a difference between being inspired by and being derivative of. Mm -hmm. And these films felt very inspired by. And as a person, you know, who loves horror, we do a fucking scary movie podcast. Like it really pulled on three distinct types of horror. Right. We've got the slasher, like the 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 the, the small town slasher. We've got the camp. And then we've got, you know, the witch thing. And those are all like those have had their heydays. They all come from very different time periods. So it was really nice to get a contemporary spin on those and to feel both nostalgic, which is what they were going for, but then also dilated. Like I saw something new, you know, I saw something fun. And some of those like, oh God, they killed so many children. <laughs> <laughs> it was just some of these things I did not like I have not seen before. 
you know, in a weird way. Like, or or I I've seen in a new way. I was totally unexpected of the of the um sort of supernatural serial killers. Did you have a favorite or one that you thought was most scary? Because that baby face looking thing was that took me out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all they never showed what the Humpty Dumpty killer looked like. And I but I wonder what it but that sounds really scary. <laughs> you, know, you can make that up. You know what it looks like in your head. Uh, it don't look good. Uh, you look like a big ass egg. <laughs> <laughs> Going around knifing people. I liked how they um explained the guy with the bag on his head. Yeah, and again that origin and how that was that was really fucking cool. Um that was I like that guy and I they all looked really awesome the the girl with the fucked up face and the blades, mm-hmm. she was cool. Mm-hmm. Um but no, the little boy and the milkman probably scared me the most. Uh, uh, I don't do that. That milkman was scary. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I don't do milk. I do balls, but I don't do milk. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, how about, so for you, it was, it was, uh, Tommy as the, yeah, well, I, it was yourself, my namesake, you know what I mean? Like I am a narcissist, so that is, uh, uh, surprising no one, but I, um, because there's something about that, I mean, because, because the dude with the bag on his head, I mean, that's, we've seen that before Yeah, in other horror movies. Um, I mean, that's. That's Jason. Yeah, Jason and what was it, Town the Dreaded Sundown, some other things like that. Like yeah. they've got like the bag face killer. But I mean, I think it's yeah. But, but I, I like it felt it, like it was more der- derivative of But it was you're a, right. It's it, but it's incidental origin I thought was really cool. And just like little things like that were definitely VFX. I think that were VFX, but like him breathing, you know, him his mouth impression on the bag, I thought was well, like Well, when really she cool. pulled his face mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. and imprinted, you could see his eyes sunken in and yeah, all the the face uh like the mold of his face, it that's when it became like, um, you know, that was like CGI or whatever. How they made it seem more like, uh, like it it took it turned it changed him or something because all of a sudden he could see through this. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Guided through by something else, like he, he became distinct in that way. Yeah, um, I was into it. Um, that Razor Girl freaked the fuck out of me. But the thing is, the thing, that, the thing that I don't like about Razor Girl is because in the first movie. You think she's going to kill her friend and he survives. And yeah. I was like, oh, so he's going to live. And then he doesn't end up living. They all get killed in the fucking grocery store. And like, that's fucking dumb. Yeah. But that's just for me to you, for me to you, for me to you. And to whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us. No it's one's just, listening. Oh, it's just us. <laughs> all right, Drea. We've gotten into the third act of our show, our Scream Queen of the Week. Do you want to announce? Sure. Uh, we have picked Celeste O'Connor and Misha Oshirovic as Nyla and Josh in Freaky. Freaky! I was not expecting this movie. I really like... So it's um, directed by Christopher Landon, written by Michael Kennedy and Christopher Landon, two queer men, really lended a queer sensibility to this film. I know they like to say that it's a mix of Freaky Friday and Friday the 13th, but to be honest with you, it was the hot chick. Like, the hot chick... Which is a derivative of Freaky Friday, but the hot chick is definitely like pretty girl switches body with like swarthy middle aged man. And there's even like the in, in the hot chick, there's like the weird kiss between um, Vince Vaughn. No, not Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is the, it was Rob Schneider and like one of the one of those one of those brothers. What are they? He was in Blossom. 
Oh, like a Joey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his brothers, like they have this weird almost kiss, but it was like, it was kind of like that. So I feel like Freaky is a mix of the hot chick and Friday the 13th. What did you, what did you think of this one? Well, I did not know you were so well versed in the hot chick. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with that. Um, (laughs) That's a different topic. Um, Yeah, I, mainly just with these characters, it was, I appreciate that at least Nyla, her character was just a normal, regular black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Josh, on the other hand, they went all the way stereotype with him. <laughs> like, like really? I don't. That person doesn't exist. Like, that is not a real person. <laughs> Except when the football player, the homophobic football player, kind of takes him aside and is like, "You want to get on this?" I was like, "I have been in that." That's position that's real. Many I times. believed that moment, <laughs> but the rest of all his other isms and all that, it was just too much. Mm-hmm, like he was mm-hmm. already naturally funny, and they they just didn't have to. Whoever wrote for him, clear it felt like that they weren't. Queer. So you're homophobic, is what you're saying. I'm coming out as, <laughs> as a homophobe. I'm announcing it on the podcast. I am a queer homophobe. I liked I, this one. You know what's interesting about about Freaky is that tonally it's very specific, but it, it to me it rides a very thin line because it is silly, but also quite brutal. Like I was and not expecting brutal. the severity of the kills. That fir- that first scene with that lady when he is smashing her head under the toilet seat. Yeah. Oh. Well, the first scene is actually the bottle down the throat and then smashed into the neck is the first scene. Ooh. And then it's the he- <clears throat> head underneath the toilet. Those two are already just and then homegirl gets after she gives you the the Sarah Michelle Geller or, mm-hmm. or, or you think she's gonna make it mm-hmm. and, and they also did it was kind of a scream comeback where the parents are walking up the driveway uh-huh, uh-huh. she's like mom and dad and then he picks her ass up and impales he her. her um yeah that, I mean again I, I'm not like I wasn't super surprised by the the killings in like Fear Street because I guess I've been seeing this leading up because this like like for example, this film, like mm-hmm. th- there was, it was violent as fuck. Mm-hmm. It was very bloody mm-hmm. towards the, like, I, I think almost every single death in this film is really nasty. The but only the, one the that jocks I, and what? I was going to say the only one that I didn't really, that it was more silly than violent was when he puts that girl in the cryo chamber. Yeah. That, or yeah, that didn't, that was stupid. Yeah. And I wanted her to go out way worse than that. I did too. Yeah. She's sucked. But uh, that, <laughs> that was kind of similar to the one annoying girl who just got, she didn't even die. She just got put in an outhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I didn't. Um, I wasn't completely. I, I, again, I wasn't blown away by the character performances of Nyla and Josh. I got to be honest. Like they have some moments mm-hmm. and I really like how the friendship works. Mm-hmm. And mainly, you know, they, they live. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I feel like in a different movie done with different hands, they would not have survived. They would have been on the chopping block. They would have been fodder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I liked the fact that, I mean, they only ever were support. You know, yeah. they were nothing but support. They didn't actually have internal they were, lives. They yeah. weren't actually characters unto themselves. But I did appreciate <clears throat> that they lived to the very yeah. end. And you know what? There were some genuinely very good moments. Like, I, I found all their banter between them to be very, it was very funny, very believable in, in a lot of ways. I just, I, you know, I just, some of it felt very forced to me. Yeah. Well, there was a moment I feel like that um, was very self-referential when he's like, you're black, I'm gay, we're going to die, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and they had to do that. 
you know, because and and then of course we have to cover that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hence, what are we doing? We are covering Freaky, and you know, it's the the one of the gnarliest deaths in it was definitely the guy that was hitting on Josh, mm. and then he was like, "If you say anything, faggot." fucking kick your ass you I was know, just like I was like transported typical. back to high school myself. oh yeah it was just like oh wow so <laughs> the amount of times I've been in a situation where the homophobic dude ends up turning out gay I'm just like you are so obvious you mm-hmm. are so ob- those who say that shit with their whole chest they want to get it in the ass oh so bad <laughs> <laughs> they're desperate for it they want they want cock <laughs> uh, but when his ass gets hooked through the wall by mm. homegirl, homeboy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit is so good. And good. you know, and anything that goes right, like hooks in the eye or anything in the eye, is just all oh, that. Also, um, Sarah Fear she she puts a knife through homeboy's eye right mm. at the end, and that was a good little kill. Didn't like it. I bet you didn't. I I mean, I appreciated it, but I didn't like it. I know that. Yeah, I'm sure that made you squirm. <gasps> also, so what was the artifact? That 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 knife that yeah I forget the name of it but, but it, in the hot chick, Angie Stone has so a bad. store in the Angie mall. Angie Stone yes. is in. The, <laughs> she has a store in the mall where she has these earrings that do the same thing. <laughs> that um oh, what's her name? Homegirl from the Notebook and Mean Mean Girls, the blonde one. Um, she steals them and then. Rob Schneider I'm, gets one and she gets the other and then they switch bodies. Amanda Seyfried? No, 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 no. I don't know. Uh, the, the main one. Anyway. Oh, that chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, all them blonde girls kind of f- they muddled in my I mind. I like that that chick, though. The the main mean girl. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. She, yes. I like okay. her. Yeah, yeah, Um. So, yeah, Angie Stone has a store oh, in the hot chick. You said The Notebook and I immediately thought of... Uh, just not that. I was thinking of some other movie. <laughs> <laughs> my head was... I was thinking of like that... Some like... Uh, Never mind. Just another white girl movie. <laughs> this period piece. The Postman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think as characters, maybe not totally satisfying, but what I like again, what I was encouraged by was that they lived to the end. I did. The other thing that I really appreciated in this movie was when Vince Vaughn and that teenage boy kissed in the back of that car. I believe every bit of that. <laughs> it Can wasn't we... played for laughs. No, it wasn't. And Vince, also shout out to Vince playing at like that effeminate version of himself. The performances were great. They were really great. She did great both being that wimpy girl and a homicidal maniac. And he did a great job as a homicidal maniac her, and a wimpy girl. Her friends did a great job supporting the, the, this out of the, a completely wacky situation, mm-hmm. whacked situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't blame the characters. I blame a bit of the writing, mm-hmm. you know, but I do. I like the people playing these characters. I just think that there could have been more there. Mm-hmm. Just wanted some more depth. I think there probably was. What I'm what I'm starting to understand now is that th- that like studios and executives want it in a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and so pages of dialogue get cut, oh, character yeah. development gets cut. Yeah. Like because if you're focusing on one person, if they don't have if if it, tangentially it doesn't really have anything to do with the main character, that shit gets cut because mm-hmm. it has to be under a certain uh, like runtime and there's money and there's you know people who want to make it on time and da 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 and it sucks because I want to see the director's cut. I want to see if there's anything we were missing from those characters, you know, because I feel like there was more there because I think they were played as by the actors. They were played as well as they could. Mm -hmm. 
but there might have been more backstory. Again, you don't need a whole lot of backstory, but it's just I want it to understand. I I just I'm greedy. Give me what I'm asking for. Well, I did hear a rumor because like this was made by the same company or by the same people as um, and I think written by the same person who did mm-hmm. Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. And so there is talk of these two worlds merging in the future, like the Death Day series merging with the Freaky series. So we might see these characters again in the future. Which would be very smart. That's another example of, uh, you know, great original horror coming out today is Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. I didn't like ha- Happy Death Day 2 as much, but there there was a lot of potential in that mm-hmm. second film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to see these people show up in some other universe. That would be fucking dope. So thank you for listening to our Scream Queen this week. Uh, we wanted to say a quick shout out to Celeste O'Connor and Misha Oshirovic. Uh, y'all killed it overall in Freaky. Yep. You, you did You did what you needed to do. <laughs> I mean, you appreciate it. I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on Instagram because I've deleted Twitter. And I'm Drea Washington. Uh, you can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. And we're produced by Kenya and Alex at Domino Sound. And in the scary movie of your life, you better scream, queen. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.